What's up, everybody? I'm back with another edition of the State of Bitcoin podcast, where I am joined by Ivan, the chief of staff at Breeze. Me and Ivan have a great conversation on Breeze, Lightning, Bitcoin, and much, much more. So tune in for another action-packed episode. And as always, it is not financial advice. Everything you hear from Ivan and myself should not be taken as financial advice. All right. Um, And if you are listening to this podcast, please hit that subscribe button. Uh, It would be greatly appreciated. And uh, share it with friends and family. Help spread the word. All right. Enough for me. Let's get into it. Bing bong. I am live with another edition of the State of Bitcoin podcast, where I have Ivan in the waiting room. He's the chief of staff at Breeze. And if you haven't heard of Breeze just yet, you should definitely check them out. They're a podcasting 2.0 app. They've got point of sale. They got a bunch of different stuff all around the Lightning Network. So we're going to dive right into that and uh, talk a lot about you know the Lightning Network and uh, yeah, some great stuff around Bitcoin. But first, if you haven't already, give this video a like if you're watching on YouTube. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts and subscribe to the YouTube channel. It'll really help me out, help the show grow. And uh, help me reach that 1K mark. I'm inching up on on that. So please, please, please help support the show. And uh, yeah, everybody who's already done that, the support is greatly appreciated. And shout out to my sponsors. I'm rocking the shirt. It's a little wrinkly today, but I got the Pleb Lab tee on. Uh, so shout out to Pleb Lab down in Austin. They just released an amazing Noster Devs course. So if you're not a developer, but you want to learn, go ahead and check that out at pleblab.com. You can find their Noster Devs course there. They even got it on Oshi for like 30 bucks and you get sats back. So, I mean, like, what are you what are you doing at this point, right? And if you're in Austin and you're attending Bitblock Boom and you haven't bought your ticket yet, use promo code GREENCANDLE. That's all one word. You can get 10% off your entire order. Get that. Get a Nomad Pass from Pleb Lab because they have a bunch of different events. You can stay and uh, hang out there the entire week before BitBlock Boom. Hang out with a ton of Bitcoiners in the mecca of Bitcoin, Austin, Texas, and the number one hacking space, Pleb Lab. So shout out to all those guys. Now, enough from me. Let's stop making Ivan wait. Ivan, man, how you doing today? Uh, doing pretty well on my side of the ponds. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a little late over there for you, but I appreciate you, uh, you know, coming in here and, uh, you know, taking some time to uh, chat with me. But for those who don't know you, I did a little brief intro. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, give us the Orange Pill story. How did you find Bitcoin? Uh, yeah, uh, I would say that uh, I was raised by uh, mathematicians. And I was bred to be an engineer, but because I wanted to be independent, I said, okay, I'm going to stop working for you and I'm going to be independent. And uh, that, I would say, preceded me to be um, well versed in uh, understanding Bitcoin initially. But uh, during the 2015-2016 years of my career, Unfortunately, I got involved in uh, uh, forex companies that were using uh, crypto as a way to scam people. And I entered those companies not knowing that. And uh, I just saw, okay, sales positions for a little bit more money. So let's go do that. But once I closed my first sale, then you reveal what's behind the curtain in those companies. And in a span of two months, I quit three of those. And even the uh, third one, I closed my first deal on my first day 
And they were like, oh, we're going to give you more money. And I said, no, go away. I just don't want to work for these type of companies. And because of that, I had this frame uh, of reference. Okay, crypto is bad. And uh, I threw the baby with the bathwater and stay away from Bitcoin for a long time. But then I met my soulmate uh, three years ago. And she bought one Ethereum and she was bugging me almost every day. Uh, let's make money about this. Let's make money about this. And after a year of uh, bugging me, I said, okay, I'm going to study and prove to you that uh, all this is a scam. And in the process, in three days, I quickly understood, okay, crypto is absolute scam. But this Bitcoin thing, I kind of don't have a whole uh, how it is a scam yet. And uh, sense that it, it is different. In about a week, uh, then I understood, okay, there is something here. And then uh, me really capitulating, okay, there isn't a hole. I became a very strong believer. I explained everything to my uh, partner and now we're real hardcore Bitcoin Maxis. So I would say that's the story. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And, and I mean, I get, I, you know, I get that everybody kind of has their own kind of journey. And I feel like a lot of Bitcoiners had to go through, you know, maybe that that shitcoin path. Maybe we're trying to get some of that fiat gains. Um, and then, you know, kind of as as what you're doing, right, or as what you did, right, kind of figured it out through there that, hey, like, there's some legitimacy to this Bitcoin thing. And that's what kind of sought you down the rabbit hole. So that's awesome stuff. But tell me about Breeze. So what are you doing at Breeze? And uh, why don't you give like a brief overview of, of what Breeze does? Because you guys do so many different things that are uh, great for the space. Uh, yeah, I would say the company is founded by uh, three Bitcoin OGs and uh, they're engineers and software engineers. And when the Lightning Network white paper came out, uh, they read it and they understood, okay, this is the opportunity where Bitcoin uh, can become this medium of exchange, but it is just a potential. And um, in order to make it a medium of exchange, obviously we need microtransactions and we need instant settlement and everything to be in uh, such a high frequency that uh, the Lightning Network enables. But it was just a potential. The infrastructure, how you do it, uh, it's really hard. And five years ago, it was non-existent to what is available now. But they came from the very right perspective, how to think about this problem to solve it and how uh, to match it with the internet. Right now, uh, we're connected uh, in this podcast through the internet. But what that thing means is that I have a browser and a device on my side that is connected to the internet Behind this device and this browser on my side, it is an internet service provider that is taking care of the routing, the cables, the Wi-Fi, all the complicated infrastructure things that are happening behind the scenes. And we, both of us, have no idea, but it's extremely easy for us to connect and just use it. And that is the framework that uh, the Breeze founders foresaw, that that is how the Lightning Network has to be in order for people to mass adopt uh, the instant settlement uh, Lightning Network. It has to be, this 
extreme complexity has to be taken care of lightning service providers in the back end all this complexity to be taken care of but uh, you have to have a simple device where you access uh, the lightning network and you send and receive satoshis through a particular interface which could be an app or a browser or whatever it is and that's the framework that they uh, set for it and that's why they coined uh, this term lightning service provider so a lightning service provider is somebody that is taking care of opening a channel uh, uh, closing channels, balancing liquidity, uh, on and off-chain inoperability, setting up fees, optimizing everything, connecting to... So all of that uh, thing that is completely... Um, how do I say it? Uh, not... Uh, uh, no. Uh, I, yes, uh, a non-custodial is part uh, of the problem, but I'm saying the user... They don't care about that. Uh, yeah. They just want, I want to send money or receive money. That's what we want, all of us. I don't want to take care of opening a channel, to connect to that person, to be online all the time, and all the stuff that the Lightning service provider uh, takes care uh, in behind the scenes. So that's how the whole Breeze company came to be. And uh, that's how it envisioned that... Uh, a lot of companies need to become the equivalent of internet service providers to become lightning service providers so the users can benefit. Because uh, if all of us has to set up our own Raspberry Pis or our own servers and to take care of that, only the dev guys and the very technical people will use it. And that's not what we want. We want 8 billion people to be in the Lightning Network. So we need all those companies and Breeze is the first company, I would say, that coined this term, uh, Lightning Service Provider. And now other companies are specializing, whether it's in a gaming industry or another industry to optimize all that complexity for a particular niche. Yeah, and that's great stuff. So, um, you know, how long have you been with Breeze? And, uh, you know, how, I guess, how is the experience going, right? I mean, because like working in the, uh, in the Bitcoin space is a little bit unique, especially when it, you know, comes to the volatility, you know, kind of riding the waves of all this. And uh, yeah, I mean, the lightning development over what the past, you know, it started in 2017. So the past like six years has just seemingly blown up. And it seems like the popularity around lightning and a lot of companies are popping up. So, you know, how is it uh, kind of working for one of the, I guess, lightning OGs, so to speak? Uh, I would say that I'm very humbled that uh, they chose to go with me because I am not a developer. Uh, I'm the first full-time non-developer person in the company. But uh, I just had the chance uh, to make an impression on Roy and they were looking uh, for a person that is fairly versatile about everything else because the CEO of the company was taking care of marketing, charts, everything but development was on his shoulders. And they uh, came to that point that, okay, I want to offload some of that and we need that person. And luckily I made an impression and I'm proving myself every day uh, to be on this real true vision and mission that uh, self-sovereign 8 billion people. And when I was uh, looking 
to work in the Bitcoin space, I really wanted to be a Bitcoin only company. When I applied, the tough thing in the beginning for me was, okay, you're really not about the mission, you're about making money. And I really didn't want to go that route. I, I mean, uh, doesn't it's not the reason that I'm in Bitcoin. Uh, and when I met with uh, Roy and uh, the team and every single day when I, uh, I look back at the interview, I said that I fairly understood the Lightning Network, but I knew nothing <laughs> five months ago. And now it's just uh, every day is an exciting day. Every day is a learning opportunity. And when, uh, as you said, when I see the Lightning companies that are popping up, uh, it, this is really exciting because how Bitcoin mass adoption happens on the user side is definitely through the Lightning Network and the Layer 2 solutions. The Lightning Network now is the fastest horse and uh, the infrastructure is built much, much, much faster than everything else. And uh, the market proved, proves that. And now that uh, those applications with utility about gaming or about uh, video or about podcasting or about anything else that are popping up and the users will extremely cheaply uh, send Satoshis around the world without telling, oh, this is my ID card, this is my blood type, this is my uh, eyeball or whatever they want to scan uh, these days for us without any of that. And not only that, but uh, there isn't a person that is taking care of my Satoshis. Uh, that's why I really love the Breeze model. They said, we are not going to take shortcuts. We're not going to be a custodial solutions where we become essentially the bank and later on the regulations come and say, okay, we're going to find you or we're going to shut you down. But uh, the lightning is Bitcoin when it's non-custodial and Bitcoin is lightning. It's the same thing. But when it is a custodial solution, uh, it's obviously in, uh, you're a cell in somebody's Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> and uh, because of this vision to be peer-to-peer self-sovereign, -so I was really excited about the stuff that Breeze is doing. And uh, just as I started with, uh, very humbled and doing my best uh, work that I can do and learn more and more so I can support the team in any shape. Uh, or form possible. Yeah, that's great stuff. Well, let's dive into Lightning, right? I mean, so, you know, it, it is fairly new. I mean, Bitcoin is, is, you could say, is fairly new as well, right? I mean, what, like 15 years old at this point, just about. So, I mean, you know, and Lightning's even younger, about like six years old at this point, too. So, um, you know, let, let's talk about like, you know, the Lightning Network in general. So, what, why do you believe that the Lightning Network, you know, is necessary and, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it kind of open-ended there. Okay. Well, as we also uh, that uh, Bitcoin on the first layer is uh, inefficient for payments. Uh, it's extremely efficient about security and to protect this 21 million cap. Uh, and that was the whole point, to have on the first layer security and decentralization because uh, we never had that. And that creates the best uh, store of value. Like nothing can mess with that, whether from the inside, because 
it is decentralized or from the outside because it's proof of work and directly connected to energy. You can't cheat energy. Like uh, I'm going to print energy and uh, say, oh, I have more energy than I actually do. Uh, you can't uh, uh, cheat the laws of the universe about that. And because of that, it's really the best and the only uh, scarcity, in my opinion. Real true scarcity about monetary units, definitely. But uh, uh, it sacrificed this scalability. So we needed layer two solutions, but... Uh, it was experimenting uh, which is the proper thing, uh, who is going to develop it the proper way so you can, uh, as I said, again, the layer to, to be peer-to-peer uh, -peer and to protect the uh, first layer or not to be attacked or to be the same uh, features the layer two should have, just like the first layer. Because if you create a layer two that is entirely custodial, then we have a problem. Like over time, it will leak into this layer two and custodial custodial solutions, and we saw what happens with gold. Uh, and it will happen the same thing with the digital gold that we say Bitcoin is. But now that we have this instant uh, settlement on the layer two microtransactions, now we can talk about medium of exchange, and now we can facilitate global trade because. Uh, now we don't have free markets around the globe. Uh, we have this country that says, okay, uh, the not the dollar, the dollar is kind of accepted everywhere, even though there is uh, taxes or all sorts of friction uh, between countries. But when you have something that I can send to you in Canada right now in seconds uh, without anybody involved in the middle, uh, Satoshis directly. That means for the first time we have a global economy without the frictions of the current system. Whether it's 2% on the card fees or whether it's the friction about sending the gold physically to you or any other type of friction. And from the engineering uh, point of view, the wheel was a greater success because dragging something over the land was uh, with extreme, much more friction than with the wheel. And that's why it was a great success. The same thing will happen with the Lightning Network, uh, obsoleting all the uh, systems that are going to try to compete with Lightning, whether uh, you completely scrap your system and you make it even better than Lightning, you just don't have any chance. And at this point, Nobody is catching up to the Lightning Network, uh, millions of transactions. And the best thing that we have is uh, like 24,000 for Visa a second. Uh, it's just nowhere close, like order of magnitude better. And uh, with Visa, that's just on the frequency, how much you can send. When we add okay, I can't send anything to somebody that doesn't have a bank account. I can't send anything. Uh, uh, I can send somebody, let's say, in Israel, but I have to ask permission on my bank. They have to wait and all those other frictions. Like, it's again another order of magnitude better. Uh, the only thing that we don't have currently is 
the adoption. And that's why I say when you put the two systems against each other in a free or open market competition, the best thing will win. Uh, that's what's going to happen. But right now, it's up to us to put the Lightning Network in front of people so they get onboarded. And because of this frictionless nature and because the Lightning Network uh, will onboard so the unbanked and the people that are screwed from the most in the global south, in Africa, like everywhere, now that they can send Satoshis uh, to America or America to send back Satoshis to their local village, uh, it's just over time it will win. At some point it will be extremely sudden when the existing system finally gets to the breaking point. But they, in my opinion, they don't have chance against the Lightning Network. But we still need um, the Lightning Network to be uh, built in such a way uh, as I said, to be peer-to-peer -peer because all the custodial solutions are very attackable points, choke points uh, from the existing system because the existing system, when they say, okay, we're coming to the breaking point, they will try to blame and to attack somebody that's uh, responsible for their breaking point and they'll attack the custodians. But we see the current thing is we're going to attack exchanges and we're going to attack crypto things. Whether that's moral, immoral, it doesn't matter, but it's attackable. And uh, in my opinion, they shouldn't exist. <laughs> but uh, still, uh, that's going to happen with Bitcoin that is in custodial solutions. And that's the biggest thing that we need to fix on the layer two, to switch those custodial solutions that are on the Lightning Network to become non-custodial. And with... Uh, the Breeze SDK and solutions like that, it will be extremely easy, in my opinion. Yeah, no, that's great stuff. And I, you know, I agree 100%. They're starting to attack, you know, a lot of the custodians, whether it's like, you know, the choke point 2.0 is what they're calling in the United States, like uh, attacking the banks that allow you to deposit into these exchanges and, you know, kind of not indirectly, um, you know, attacking the exchanges as well. Um, but, you know, as far as like lightning goes with a scaling solution, right? I mean, there there's, needs to be like a constant supply kind of, uh, you know, there needs to be, um, you know, there, there is some difficulties with that in a sense, right? So um, is that something that maybe worries you? And like, why don't you explain a little bit as to like, you know, I guess how the, I guess, give and take of like on-chain and lightning kind of works? Yep. Uh, the... Lightning Network, as I think most of your listeners should know, is that you open channels. What that thing means that I'm making one transaction uh, on the first layer and I'm paying the fees and I'm opening a channel with you. I pay all the fees to open uh, that uh, channel with you and I have on my side uh, the Satoshis that I want to be in this channel. Or we agree that, okay, we're, you're going to put some Satoshis on your side also. But now that we are connected, I'm going, uh, I can send instantly to you and you to me, uh, and I'm limited to the capacity that I put on my side, how much I can send to you, and you're limited to the capacity that uh, you put on your side of the channel. If I put 100% on my side, I can send all of it to you, but I can't receive. 
from your channel. And those are the limitations. But because uh, most of the people, uh, as I said, wouldn't need to take care of that. The lightning service providers will take care of all that complexity. We don't have to think about it. Uh, and uh, when I open uh, the Breeze application or the Phoenix uh, wallet, they uh, take care of all of that and I just receive money. And they open the channel for me, they connect to the whole network uh, itself. But uh, let's extrapolate why that thing is uh, a network and not just uh, a connection between you and me. Yeah, we have a connection between you and me, but I have also two other connections to uh, two of my other friends. And you want to send to somebody that is my friend, but you don't have a connection to me. You send me, let's say, 200 Satoshis to me. I see, okay, I received these 200 Satoshis and I see I need to just send it to uh, my friend. And because you're using uh, to go through my node, I said, in order to forward this message to the next uh, point, I will take one Satoshi or half a Satoshi because in the Lightning Network, you can actually charge less than one Satoshi. And uh, you say, okay, uh, I pay 201 Satoshis, so the 200 Satoshis get to my friend. And that's how the network is uh, created. Between all these channels, you can send to anybody in the network, even though you're not connected to them. But along the process of uh, hopping from one to the other, uh, you just pay extremely cheap fees. And uh, that's how the, the Lightning Network is actually monetized. Because if you create a Lightning node uh, in your home, as I said, it may be complex, but you have a personal incentive to do it. Because if you provide that service, you will charge people that use your nodes, people that send through you, you are charging a little bit of that transaction. And because it is a profitable business, that's why it can scale. That's why the incentives will work. And we say that if uh, you open a node and the more users that are connected to your node and use it, you will have more uh, income. Uh, every transaction through the Lightning Network and through your node is income for you. And if you have more income, that will facilitate uh, to actually make, uh, I'm sorry, it's users, transactions. Uh, yeah, uh, when you have more uh, transactions, I earn more yield and I'm incentivized to uh, make more applications and to onboard even more users. And it is this circular thing that uh, everybody is incentivized to do it. But in the beginning, it's very slow because right now the Lightning Network, uh, the capacity, let's say consistently, you can send 4 million Satoshis uh, over it. And if you try to send, let's say, one Bitcoin, that means along the lines of the whole network, everybody needs to have at least one uh, Bitcoin uh, in the channels. And currently we don't have that, but over time, even let's say the Bitcoin price goes up uh, 5x uh, in the next halving. The reliability of the Lightning Network will be 5x more because now 4 million Satoshis, maybe let's say $2,000 or maybe a little less, 
But if it 5Xs, that means you're not going to be sending $2,000. You're going to be sending $10,000 just because of that. But because engineers and companies are jumping to build that infrastructure, it's going to be more reliable, more reliability. Again, we'll bring on more users, more use cases, more yield, and it's going to be this circular thing. Now, this is on the user side. The really, really exciting thing is that uh, the real big money is not in the Lightning Network yet. They they deploy their capital by uh, investing in Lightning companies. But there is another way how they can actually earn yield that is even more secure for them with no counterparty risk. That means that, let's say, Michael Seller, he has... um, 152,000 uh, as far as I know. Uh, Bitcoin and yeah, uh, he's got a lot. And that Bitcoin is just sitting there in cold storage and it's not uh, doing any yield and he doesn't want that. But because now the Lightning Network, you have this incentive that if you have a node, you can actually earn income in Bitcoin terms. Uh, they will think, I want to have some of that. But because they're not lighting uh, service providers and they don't have all that expertise, what are they going to do? Well, now we have a solution that, okay, I'm going to connect to one lighting service provider and tell them, I'm going to set up my node, but I don't want to manage it. I want you guys uh, as the experts to manage it. And I'm going to provide, let's say, a thousand coins that are going to be in the network to, again, uh, jumpstart uh, the network and uh, to have that income for themselves. But because the Lightning service provider is providing the management and the expertise, but on the other side, the person is giving us a thousand coins, now they can split the fees uh, for that. And that thing uh, was not available up until this point, but now it is available. And people that are whales that have in cold storage, now they will have to think about, okay, do I want only to have cold storage or am I comfortable enough to put, let's say, 5% of my Bitcoin and connect to this lightning service provider? So on, on this 5%, uh, I can have 2% uh, income yearly And I have additional income that is streamlining passively, uh, almost passively to me, but it will, again, completely uh, change the behavior of what's passive income, in my opinion. Yeah, and that's great. I mean, like, you know, it you can definitely tell, like, that's where the incentives lie. And I think, like, not only just for, like, lightning companies, right? I mean, that's that's kind of like the Bitcoin mantra, right? I mean, like follow the incentives and, and uh, you know, you can kind of figure out where, where somebody's interests lie. But I mean, in, in when it comes to the Lightning Network, it just helps the network grow, right? Those network effects. Um, so, you know, we as I've kind of stated a couple of times already throughout this, this conversation, the Lightning Network is still young. So, you know, where do you guys, I, I guess, see this going as, uh, you know, somebody who's like right in the thick of it 
and uh, you know, you're seeing massive amounts of growth. It seems like daily more of these companies are popping up, more users are getting onboarded, more more countries are, you know, experimenting with Bitcoin and more, you know, little places like a Bitcoin beach or Bitcoin Lake or whatever are popping up where more people are transacting in Bitcoin uh, over the Lightning Network. So, you know, with all this being said, where do you kind of see this going in the next, I don't know, a few years or so? I would say that the real big wave of adoption is uh, possibly going to be this cycle, but definitely the next 10 years. And the Lightning Network, I think it has the potential to onboard uh, like the real uh, S-curve to become on uh, onboarding people to break out of the chasm of this 10-13% and to really be mainstream. Obviously, people in the beginning are not going to put all their money in Bitcoin, but uh, the Lightning Network will give them use cases where they can compare the existing system with the Lightning system. And if you put them side by side, and every single person individually can decide what is better for me and what is not. Um, now I can see what is the future, but for people, they don't think about self sovereignty. They just care, oh, I want to send money to my friends in the next country, which is the best way to do that. <laughs> and there is a solution where I can send them uh, in two seconds and nobody knows and I don't have a counterparty risk and I don't have to pay exorbitant fees. Maybe I pay 0.002%. Uh, I'm fine with that. Uh, but uh, when they have those problems and that solution is lighting, uh, the users will come because the ease of use is taking care of the uh, companies that are building the infrastructure, as I said, all that complexity. Nobody would know what's behind the scenes unless you're in it, uh, like uh, the people that are building in it. Even me as a non-developer person, it was really hard to grasp, uh, even though I'm in the company, what is exactly behind it? What's the point of this and what's the point of that? And I would never get to the point of the founders of Breeze. And that's the whole point of the Lightning Network. Nobody should have to. They uh, have incentive if they want to become expert and to provide that service. But the user, they should uh, think about their own life. They shouldn't think about, I need to be an investor. I need to... Uh, make a scheme so I can send my mother back home uh, the money that I earned and just because I'm sending it, uh, she receives 30% less or whatever the use case is in Nigeria even more. Uh, they rob the people. But that's the whole thing. The, the use cases for the Lightning Network are coming out for the users now. But even what makes me extremely bullish is Right now with the Breeze SDK, we're extrapolating the complexity even for the developers. Because right now, if you want to develop an application, it's a lightning application. The person needs to be an expert in the lightning network so it can provide that service to the app that is building. Let's say somebody wants to build a fitness app and a subscription something. They need to understand what's the lightning network, all the things that I talked in the beginning opening, closing channels, uh, reliability, connecting to the proper nodes, all that. Uh, and people are doing it uh, 
uh, when they are on the mission. But right now with the SDK, uh, that's where we're going uh, as a company. We don't want to be this interface as an application, but we want to be the backend. So we provide an SDK to somebody that has no clue about the Lightning Network, and uh, but it is a developer and he can build that fitness app. And we say, okay, plug in this SDK and now you can uh, send Satoshis and you can receive Satoshis. And he has no idea about the uh, Lightning Network. Again, all the use cases that are in the world, imagine what would happen if every single application on the iPhone or the Android or whatever the device is can be connected to the Lightning Network with five minutes to 10 minutes of coding. Now, this is what really makes me bullish because all the use cases and the utility, why users care, the things that they care about, uh, will be available to anybody extremely easy. And uh, yeah, uh, I'll leave it to questions here, but that's what uh, really makes me bullish because uh, the users will have that uh, really low friction of usage but the developers will have extremely low friction of connecting to it. Because right now you have a, a successful application. You don't change anything about the app. You just plug in the few lines of code. And now you don't have to ask, can I put my application in um, Africa? Can I put it in Iran? Can I, what's the exchange rate in that uh, country? What's this? What's that? Also, uh, I have to pay 30% to Google, 30% to Apple, all sorts of frictions. I have to have a legal team about all of these things that I have to comply with. And now you have a solution where you plug this thing. You don't need to ask anybody. It's in the cyberspace. You don't have to provide uh, custodial services to your users because it's non-custodial. Everybody in your application is their own custodian. You don't have to ask for IDs, KYC, nothing. You don't limit the usage of uh, how much and how they interact because it's peer-to-peer -peer and you have no uh, anti-money laundering uh, stuff. And how can you compete with that? Either you make a better product than the Lightning Network, or over time, uh, people will uh, start using the better solution. Yeah, and I agree with you 100%. Like, I, I think, like, you know, as you, you're, you lined it out, right? I mean, the Lightning Network is extremely powerful. And I think the more and more that people can use the Lightning Network, the easier of use to code on top of it. I mean, the possibilities are essentially endless, right? I mean, like, we, we don't realize how much payments really, you know, affect almost everything until, you know, people are, uh, you know, kind of, kind of hit with it. Right. I mean, and if, and if you're not paying for something, generally speaking, you know, you are the product, whether it comes with like your data, all that kind of stuff. So it opens up, you know, endless pop possibilities with, you know, companies, creators, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff. So, um, you know, out of the things that, that breeze does, right. I mean, what do you think, uh, you know, I guess is uh, the first thing that kind of like blew your mind, right? Because there, there's so many different things that, that you guys do as a company that makes it so easy to use for the user 
to not even realize, you know, hey, like, you know, there's so many X amount of open channels, closed channels, all that kind of stuff, you know, as you've kind of described in the back end. So, you know, when you kind of first came on and you kind of, uh, you know, I, I guess took a peek under the hood as to what Breeze does, um, you know, what was, I guess, the most impressive to you uh, just kind of uh, getting into it? Uh, I don't know if it was the most impressive. Uh, okay. Uh, the most impre- impressive, I would definitely uh, say, is that the foresight that the founders had. Because six years ago, just from a uh, few pages uh, of the white paper of the Lightning Network, to have that vision to, and to say, okay, I'm going to uh, make this possibility a reality. Uh, I would say that's the most impressive thing, um, the actual team. But I was extremely excited when I started before I realized uh, all that complexity and to be impressed by the team that uh, I was thinking, okay, so I uh, talked to one merchant and I want to pay with Bitcoin uh, and all these problems that are currently there should be an easy solution because uh, for that merchant to accept Bitcoin. But uh, you can't have a solution where, okay, he just has a wallet. That means that he has to calculate every single time how much are the sandwiches, how much is the beer, how much is everything in that moment in time uh, of Bitcoin price and how much he needs to charge me. There needs to be a solution. And when I thought about that, I said, okay, but there is another problem that if you're a restaurant uh, and you have uh, employees in the restaurant, you don't want your employees to be able to spend the satoshis that they earn, even if you create this uh, system. And when I joined the team, I found out that they already created this point of sale system where you can put all the menus the sandwiches, the beer, water, whatever you want. It's absolutely free to the user. It's absolutely free for the merchant. Uh, You just need, I don't know, uh, to create a CSV file to import it into the Breeze application. And they created a manager password where uh, you, uh, every single, let's say, server in the restaurant uh, can accept uh, Bitcoin, but only the manager through the password can spend Bitcoin. And I was really excited about that because I wanted to onboard venues and merchants in my city so I can do that. And when I saw, okay, uh, I already have a solution that I can tell them, uh, install this for free and I will pay you right now. And that merchant doesn't have a POS system because it's too expensive. I was Really excited about that uh, particular thing. Yeah, and that's overall just like great stuff, right? So, I mean, uh, you know, it, it is really exciting, um, you know, about the merchant side of things. But, um, you know, you, we've kind of gone over what you think of, you know, the Lightning uh, Network, you know, what, what the possibilities can be for, um, you know, in the next, uh, you know, I guess, five-ish years or wherever the time period may be. May be. But, um, you know, what makes you most bullish, I guess, going forward on the Bitcoin space as a whole, right? I mean, we, we've talked about uh, at the, the Lightning Network at this point, but, you know, it seems like there's a lot going on in, in Bitcoin in, in general as well, not only Lightning, and that's only like, you know, a subset of everything. So, you know, in, in the Bitcoin space, what makes you most bullish 
uh, going forward, uh, taking one from, uh, from my good friend BTC Sessions over there? Uh, I would say, uh, I would say it excites me uh, how easy it is on all fronts. And I think this beast that we call Bitcoin is really attacking. And, and I wouldn't say it's actually attacking, but it's healing the fiat system. And uh, the fiat system takes it uh, as it is attacked from everywhere uh, because people are fixing uh, the spot ETF through the banks because people want it. Uh, they are fixing the accounting system, the FASB is something in America. They want uh, this, they want lightning application. People want these kinds of things. They have those type of problems. And if the pain is high enough, that will be the first thing that is fixed. And when you compare that to the existing system, they just have no chance. And not only uh, no chance, but if they continue to resist and continue to fight, they will exasp uh, exacerbate, uh, not sure if that is the word, but they'll amplify the problems that they have. And not only that they'll amplify uh, the problems that they have, but they are attacking their own systems through inflation. And uh, I would say all the things that are providing solutions that there are frictions in the current system, I would say that is what makes me bullish. I wouldn't be able to pinpoint one thing because I would say even, let's say, the Bitcoin ETF is uh, approved next week. That will be old news in two months in the Bitcoin space. Then it will be another thing. Then it will be another thing. This unstoppable moving force, I would say that is uh, the thing that really makes me bullish. Yeah, that's overall just great stuff. So, I mean, I, I don't know if you could tell us a little bit about what Breeze is working on going forward, but I, I'd be uh, remiss to ask, uh, is there any big updates coming out of Breeze, um, you know, in the next, uh, I guess, the back half of this year? Uh, I would say yes. Uh, one, <laughs> yeah, I would say yes. Uh, I can't say about the one, uh, but uh, the other is uh, obviously the SDK. Uh, the SDK is public now, but I'm really excited about the companies that will become public. Okay, we are using this SDK and the uh, companies that will pop up now, we are a custodial solutions. Uh, now you have this use case, whether, as I said, just as an example, somebody creates a fitness app. Uh, it will be available uh, just because they put a few lines of code. And uh, uh, I would say this is the teaser. The SDKs work uh, actively working with companies, uh, companies actively approaches, and that's what we want to be. We don't want to be this application and we create the POS system, we create the podcasting player, we create the wallet, we create this, we create that. We are doing that in order to understand the economics in the lighting system and to build the proper infrastructure, but we want to be this backend. We want all the developers that are experts in their field. Let's say one construction company says we're going to build the best construction application and they plug the lighting network. I want to create the best fitness app. I want to create the best on ramp, 
uh, the best uh, exchange, the best whatever, and they're experts in their own fields. And we stay experts in the um, being the lightning service provider. And this match is going to come out more and more. And uh, again, we're just one company. Uh, even more companies as lightning service provider are yet to come. And we need as much help as we, uh, we can get. Uh, because the point is 8 billion sovereign people. Yeah, that's great stuff. So Ivan, you've been very generous with your time. You came in a little bit late for you, so I appreciate you coming on. So why don't you tell people where they can find you and what you got going on? Uh, I would say, uh, please approach me on Noster. My tag there is NAKU2000, N-A-C-K-O-O-2000 at nosterplebs.com. But um, because I'm uh, one of the two more public faces in Breeze, you can approach me everywhere else. But I like Noster more and more. And that's, again, just one of the use cases of the freedom of speech. And I would say if you're a content creator and you're not in Noster and you're not experimenting there, you are missing on the opportunity just like Bitcoin in 2009. Uh, that's what Noster is currently uh, in the content creation and the freedom of speech there. Yeah, Noster is absolutely great. So yeah, I'll link all that in the show notes as well. So Ivan, man, thanks so much. Thank you. All right.